Hey guys, welcome to episode 97 of the Jungle Brothers podcast. It's me, Joey. We've got Paul and Tiora in the house today. What's up? Hello. And uh, a good old friend of ours, John Marsh. John Marsh, how you doing, man? Great. Thank you for having me. Brother, thank you. Thank you for coming down. Uh, you made the trip from Newcastle this morning. Yeah. You Stay brought us a fresh two or three litre bottle of orange juice. You squeeze that by hand, bro? Fresh squeeze this morning. How many oranges are in that? Uh, that would have been about 15. Dude. It's like a bit of a workout. So you, you can get boxes, fresh boxes for $15. You get 20, oh, I don't know how many. It's a lot of oranges. You don't get that stuff in Sydney. No. Not at these prices. Yeah. Where is this orange juice? Did you miss it? Miss it. Still plenty there. That's what happens when you show up late, bro. <clears throat> Sat on the snow, Jay. All, go- all gone. <laughs> did you um, squeeze it by hand? Or what, what did you use to squeeze it with? So with I injected in a... Um, <laughs> is that what that knife aftertaste is? <laughs> it's a sort Special of cinnamon. recipe. Uh, yeah. I invested in a juicer. Or we were given a juicer, rather, Christmas present, I should say, technically. You know John's the first guy that ever introduced me to the concept of sweet milk, he calls it. Sweet and milk. Sweet milk. And, uh, and it was the combination, and I know that sweet milk can take more forms than this, but it was combining fruit juice like OJ and milk together. Wow. First person that ever made me that. And I fucking really like it. I haven't done it outside of hanging out with you. But exactly. I, I, there was some context there. <laughs> Supplies were short. It was we all we a, had. Yeah, we, didn't, we, were, we were on a retreat. We, didn't, we were running out of food. <laughs> but um, it does go well when you need it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good training food. Yeah. Mate, um, thanks for making the trip down today. Um, for folks who don't know John, he's been on our podcast way back. It was probably, I don't know, around 40 episodes ago or something like that. And it was actually a discussion around breath and down regulation, so um, managing your nervous system. And that was a really cool episode. And if you don't know too much about down regulation, highly recommend you go back and listen to that. It'll give you a little bit of an idea of who John is. Um, but there's been a bit of a change in since then, in recent years, to what you're doing. Um, could you give us a little, could you tell us what you do currently for work? Mm-hmm. So I'm a business coach. Um, I work with small service business owners usually years one to five, up to a team of four or five. Um, By sort of, I guess, the result of my background, a lot of those people are in health and wellness, uh, but also other creative businesses as well. And we focus on kind of three key uh, areas, money, uh, sorry, mindset. So what we call executive mindset, um, story, meaning and marketing and then uh, systems and structures or processes. And really what we're doing is, um, you know, we can, we can work with the different types of businesses because we can come at it from these similar angles. And we're trying to help people to thrive in this newer economy, which is heavily based around marketing. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's cool. Um, I think we should mention ex-gym owner, and that was your part of your background, right? Yeah, so I think that, you know, I'll be very brief because it's fairly boring, but the small business stint started back in uh, 2009 and I left corporate role as an engineer and opened up a, um, like a specialty running retail store. And so that was really where I cut my teeth. Um, before I opened, I was a shoe salesman with another guy who had a little tiny store. He was moving shops and I asked for a part-time job and um, he taught me to sell. 
and I was really fortunate to meet him. His name was Luke, and he was a really generous guy, and he sold in a way that was very generous and was helping to make people's lives better through running and um, eventually opened the store and, and learned a lot from him and a few years later sold the store um, had it under management sold it it's still running here in sydney and then uh, moved down and opened up the gym the personal training and track on <coughs> coaching and these things had kind of been running alongside that store so this movement back into the gym was kind of pulling on some old dna and some some pt work and some stuff from the previous years and then there was an opportunity in melbourne and went into business with my little sister 2014. so yeah that, that lasted till 2018 and then sold that and moved up to newcastle and that's where we're kind of at now what's the name of the gym workshop workshop and it's still going isn't it still going yep ego's running it james and ego yep yep yeah sick i haven't met james um the shoe stores in melbourne shoe stores in crow's nest aha uh -huh. yeah how about that yep okay cool um so and i mean you you kind of said it you, you your impression is like that a lot of that sort of background is not particularly relevant or interesting um but it seems like a lot of different things to do mm -hmm. in a relatively short space of time what we're talking like 10 years uh yes yeah 2008 was corporate so yeah okay about 12 years till now how did you how did you end up deciding that you wanted to be a business coach like what, what what drew you to that yeah it's a good question um i was thinking about this on the drive down i think one of the common threads with all of the different jobs even in the kind of the field where i suppose i studied was um that i love to notice things and i, I like to watch what's happening watch the culture watch what people around are doing uh, and i also love to play with different boundaries you know whether that's in the training whether that's in triathlon or a business or whatever it is and then i think the third thing is um, i love to 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 work with people and um, i remember when i was in the running store i had this uh i, I met one of my early mentors and cole and and i had this kind of session with him and he was he was kind of a coach. He, he helped me in a few different ways since then. I'm still very close with him. And um, I was at this crossroads because I was selling all these shoes. And we were doing pretty good numbers in at that little store. And I, was, I came in to see him. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not super pumped on what I'm doing. And he said, you're supposed to work with people. You're selling shoes. Your favorite part of the whole process is standing there and talking to them and asking them questions about their running or about the event that they've got coming up. Um, that's the that's the reason why the store is still working for you. That's the direction. And then, of course, I didn't listen to him and went a bunch of different ways before finally coming back. Um, but I think to be relevant to business, you know, um, business is the vehicle for change in the culture. Uh, small business in particular, I think, is the backbone of a brighter future for all of us. I think a lot of people are starting to realize this now. Uh, especially through 2020, but uh, this is something that I've seen and thought about since that move away from corporate. Uh, I'd been in a, in a job that worked with the military, with the um, F-18 jets, and this whole sort of monolithic, slow organizational structure um, that I saw was not where I saw potential, where I saw growth for people, um, you know, where I wanted to hang. It was in the little businesses. It was with um, it was with individuals, and you know the last time we spoke, we were talking about breathing 
and um, you know whether it's triathlon or in the gym and now where I finally come to and found small business we're talking about um, we're talking about awareness we're talking about mindset we're talking about fear we're talking about um, all these very very human very real things that we feel uh, whether you know that could be even in your social media marketing uh, could be any of these things so um, small small business to me is the ultimate intersection how come uh, how come uh, did you know this was what you were going to do or did you did you leave your gym for another reason and then clean the slate and then think okay what's my next step like mm. what, what was the, why did you leave good question so 2016 I was in the gym and um, we did a trip up to Byron and I was talking to my wife and we were talking about what we really saw working in the gym for people and what we didn't see working so well and what happened was I came back and I started a, um, like a one-on-one -on -one coaching program and I had some ideas around, it was a little bit with the breathing, uh, down regulation, stress, and I was attracting business owners. And I think I worked with like 12 people in a very short space of time. It was a pretty intensive program. And um, it flattened me because it was way too much work, like run, trying to run this business as well. But I, I realized something that um, I was good at the gym thing, but I was, there were other people who were better. And what I could bring in terms of value, in terms of the way that I love to work with people when I sit with them, um, I felt was more in my, my zone of genius than it was with the programming and running the gym. Um, I think the other factor that played into it, you know, my parents, uh, they moved around a lot when we were growing up different countries, different different uh, towns over New Zealand. And um, one of the things my, my dad always talked about was, you know, live where you want to live and then figure it out. Like your environment, where you're set up, the people around you is the main thing. And then you'll figure out some work, you'll figure out your job or whatever. And we were down in Melbourne and I remember looking around after a while and it was a great opportunity to start the business and, and work with my little sister. It was super cool and learned a lot, but it wasn't home. You know, I grew up by the ocean and eventually I was like, I, I said to Ruby, we both kind of came to this conversation at the same time. We're like, 10 years, I don't think we're gonna be here. And so once we realized that, we were like, okay, it's time to move now because there's no point in dragging this out. Um, and then I sat down with my little sister. Uh, and so so the, the coaching had kind of been there with these people. I sat down with my little sister, had the conversation. I'd run some of those retreats um, in those final years as well. And so I had this feeling of where I was going, but it wasn't crystallized yet. It took the exit uh, with kind of back against the wall feeling again, moved up to Newcastle before I really cracked into gear and, and kind of crystallized that next vision. You said you grew up next to the ocean, but you actually grew up on the ocean. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? No, just going um, off topic a little bit. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so I was really, I think, I think I was really lucky. My parents were were adventurers. I think if my dad had an archetype, it would be the adventurer. And um, I was born in French Polynesia. They lived over there for four years. I have an older sister. Um, 
And so born into the Pacific, you know, the, the tropics and um, around these blue colours and, and sand and ocean and then uh, raised in New Zealand. And so uh, he was, a, my dad was a boat builder, boat designer. So we, we were either on land building the boat or near the ocean or eventually living on the boat from sort of age 12 through to 16, uh, intermittently doing homeschool. Um, and so I think, you know, I don't know how much that stuff plays into it, but certainly when you get back to the ocean, it feels like home. You know, I think a lot of people resonate, whether it's a mountains or a certain town or a certain culture that they kind of really gel with because they had that time when they were younger. Nice. You told me once, um, and this is, this is part of the origin story that I, I quite like, you've always been a beast in the gym and you're known for having formidable upper body strength, John. If you, if you didn't realize, I would say you're above average in terms of your ability there. But one of the things you told me once that I thought was super cool was that you used to climb the mast of a boat with your brother often and that, that and you kind of credit that to giving you a lot of the upper body pulling strength that you have. Yeah, no, no brother. Uh, Did I make that bit up? Got a couple of sisters, but you had the mast bit, right? It must um, have just been like, how, maybe I th- saw the story and like, <laughs> I'm your little brother and we climbed the mast yeah. together and I was also as strong as you. It was kind of the fantasy I was playing out. Yeah, I, I think I think it's just <laughs> one of these things like we look at, we look at, uh, something like let's talk about about strength right what we're really talking about is a skill when nobody's really born with it i mean there's genetic predisposition different you know different people are going to develop more or less um but what we really have is something that if you apply a lot of repetition over time you're going to get you're going to get better at the skill and be able to express it as a strength and so i was in a place where at, at 12 years old we were climbing up rigging to look for coral heads so I would stand on the first spreader and then you couldn't see because the glare all the time. And so I would call out if there was a coral head ahead and then they'd turn the boat a little bit. And so this is navigating your way through a reef. Yeah. Like you, you can, you know, you got charts and stuff like that, but there's these little coral sort of bombs that pop up. And um, it was kind of funny. We, the, the very first trip when this boat was brand new, uh, they just finished building it. We get into Fiji and we hit, we hit a coral head like straight away. It's not a good start. Like it was just with the keel, but it kind of like shocked everyone a little bit. Okay, you got to pay attention. So then I would climb up the mast and I'd yell down. But um, we see, I think, things like strength or, you know, maybe we'll end up talking about marketing or things in business or content creation. And we see somebody doing something. And I think what we're really just seeing is a practice that's been applied over a while, you know, and that happened to be something that, I fell into practicing because of where I was, you know. So, so um, yeah, the gym's always been been fun for me and a place to place to kind of play with that stuff and keep keep that alive, you know. Keep that climbing up the ropes and and whether it's squats or whatever it is, is I keep that sort of that life going, that adventure going. Um, but yeah, that climbing stuff has been there since the beginning for sure. Do you? In the way that you just kind of, um, you answered my question, but you connected it really well to like a greater context of um, repetition and skill development and how that carries over to uh, areas of business. Um, you mentioned too that you worked with a lot of gym owners in that initial period. And from what I can tell, you still, you have quite a, like a lot of your clients are people in the fitness industry. Um, do you feel like there is, 
like, is there some kind of, I'm not sure if the word strength or the word niche kind of really does it, but is there like that relationship between working with people who are trying to develop in certain areas in their business or in their life, but also have a practice in the gym and a respect of physical development. Do you feel like that's something that's really important? Like, like the, the two of them together, or do you also find that you work with people who don't, who are not in the physical realm at all? And, and it's a great question. Um, I think it would be probably easy to say, yes, that there's this clear overlap with people who have a physical practice of some sort. I think what we're probably looking at is that's where I have more relationships with more people. Um, I've done a lot of work with other people in completely different industries, DJs, one woman who I'm loving working with right now. She's been in um, TAFE as an educator for 25 years and she's just now, you know, her kid's grown up and she's branched out and wants to create a, a business on her own. She sees a great gap in that market and a way to help people. Um, and I see that there's a, there's a state of learning that I see in her as well. And I think maybe that's what we might, what we might be able to see is that there's a, um, you know, as a, as an organism, as a human for us, I think one thing is a sign of health or a sign of vitality is this kind of feeling of, uh, of, of curiosity and of learning, of wanting to learn and being hungry to learn. And if you think about training, if it is kind of that practice element to it, what are we really doing? You know, we're, we're, we're trying something, we're struggling with it, we're getting pissed off, we're going away, we're looking up a little bit, asking our mate or a coach, coming back, trying it again, and then we get this little, you know, little bit of a gritty move forward. And I think that's probably closer to what uh, is, the, is the commonality, is that state of learning, the challenge, and um, as you know, like small business, that's what it is. It is one challenge after another. Like it, it's never, not one day is it easy. Um, but Fuck, some people love that. And that's, that's, that's the threat. I'm looking forward to that day when this shit gets easy. Yeah. I don't know. Does that, does that resonate at Your all? Your job's getting easier. It's true. I just sit around podcast all day. It's getting easier. No, it definitely <laughs> is. Getting less tolerant as you get older. Oh, okay, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't handle the pressure as much as you could when you were younger. He's got a six-week-year-old now. That's right. Six, six and a half He's weeks, He's in dad bro. mode. Six and a half. That's some respect. Going to seed. 85th to 97th percentile for mass in the head. <laughs> <laughs> also body, but in the head was like a separate measurement. <laughs> Just to be real, he's in there with Tongan kids and everything. They're all oh, on that yeah. same scale. <laughs> Um, that makes sense. So what you, you've kind of drawn out, that's the, the common thing that you find with people, whether they have a physical practice or not. That's the key bit that you find, you see with people and they succeed with that attitude towards challenge, I suppose. Mm, there's a, um, there's a, I'm not, not huge into like the Carl Jung work and I don't know the ins and outs of all of that. Um, sort of deeper research in psychology, but one of his his work around archetypes, he had um, these core archetypes, and then since then people have like derived a whole bunch more of them from his work. And one of the archetypes that I think we could probably talk about is the creator archetype. And the creator is artistic and imaginative, and they're there to help realize a vision. And to me, when we 
when some when I meet someone who who's maybe they're just starting at the gym or they or they're just wanting to start the the business, they may not be crystal clear on what that vision is, but they know that they're there to help to create and realize a vision for them and co-create that with the people that they want to work with. That there's someone out there that they want to help in that business or with the training as well. And I think that's probably the similar thing. Like you can be, you can you can hold or or, or bring this creator archetype as um, someone at the gym or a personal trainer or a coach and in business as well. But you're working, you're, you're visioning, you're looking forward and you're wanting to help realize that and you're using your imagination and you're creating art in different ways in order to move forward towards that thing in a messy way. Um, but it's very much the same in the business as well. They start or we start and um, it's, can we see this creator archetype? And then once we see it, we can talk about it. Once we can talk about it, all right, we, we can get on the table together. We can look at different things. We can break down business or training, whatever it is, start to notice things together. And then we can progress a lot quicker, right? Because we can sort of get to work on it. So I'm not sure how people come to you, but when you meet them and they want to, you guys are going to work together, you have to get to know them and identifying an, an archetype is kind of one way you can have a framework to understand that person's personality and stuff. What do you know? Some of the other archetypes from um, from Carl's work, or there's a whole bunch. There's like the magician. There's mm. adventurer. There's um, there's there's I think there's twelve or thirteen organized into different families. Yeah, I've, I kind of have heard it mentioned many times, but I've never read the stuff. So I was like, it's interesting because when you say that, it, you think of people. Tiora is the creator, creative, a, visionary type. A couple of those. You a couple of those, but magician. like. It, Already it starts to, like, I can see how, real doer, that that helps, <laughs> how that helps us to understand maybe, you know, and I'm big on narratives because I like, I always need a story for myself or what I'm doing now, or I need a story that explains other people or other situations. So when I hear like you saying that, it's like, oh, that really helps me understand stuff. Mm. Um, I think I should look into it more. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not well versed in it. Yeah. Um, when I did see the creator one, though, I was like, okay, that's that's hitting the nail on what we're talking about. One of the other archetypes was the citizen, and the citizen archetype was um, someone who who's is a good citizen who does what is being told and is supportive of the people around them. And we need great citizens. Um, but if you're entering a marketplace that's crowded and there's a lot of other people around you. Being a citizen is not going to help you too much. You need to be a creator. You need to be able to look at the culture and go, okay, with this group of people that I see around me, can I can I hear something? Can I see something that's that I could potentially help to change, that I could make better, right? I could solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to be imaginative and artistic and help to realize that vision. So it's, in a sense, breaking the rules or going against the status quo, potentially, of the citizen is kind of more the creator. And the citizen, there's a place in business as well. Uh, but a lot of the people that I work with are, are more of the creator or stepping into that or they have that feeling that that's what they want to bring into their mm. work. I'd be spewing if someone found out, if I found out that I was the citizen. It sounds pretty bleak. I think it'd be safe to say that you and I are both no, 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 citizens. No, 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 I'm not a citizen. Stop. <laughs> I think you're a warrior. 
Does that make you feel better? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> like a citizen with like a little knife on your side yeah. pocket. <laughs> Militia. <laughs> yeah. The creator knows how to get the most out of me. Yeah, but you've got, you got to remember there's, there's the list of pros and cons for each of them. So if you ever feel bad about it, just look at the cons of all the other ones. <laughs> That's it. It's funny though, like I've, um, I, yeah, I've heard a little bit about um, Jung's work with that. And then I think Joseph Campbell kind of did a similar, continuing on from that with his journey. archetypes. Yeah. And then I think there was also, um, well, no, there would be, Hundreds of different interpretations, but I, I was exposed. I read a or, or did an audio book of some some corporate fucking book. I can't remember what it was called, but it was um, essentially breaking down like here are the eight different types of people and how to work with them within business and communicate with each other. But the creator one is always there. It's it's always and you're like you know that person. You're like yeah, that's that's like it's it's solid. You can see that in people. You can, and I think. I, I'd have to say that I think that they're fluid and I think that we're fluid as well. So as in, from my experience, I've seen people who would not identify as the creator become the creator or learn to bring that creatorship through their work, through creating a practice over time. And nobody told them <clears> that they <throat> could set up a practice and learn to create, whether it's a podcast or a business or whatever. But then they found out they could and they started and then all of a sudden they're a podcaster and then they're bringing people together and they're creating. And so I don't, like I said, I don't know the depths of this archetypal stuff. However, I think that all of us can bring in the, the creator archetype. And if you're in you know, business or whatever, you're probably going to have to bring in the citizen and the warrior and these other ones as well. I think that there's a fluidity or a, a bit of skills, skills that we can bring up uh, or, or, or start to learn, you know? I think uh, for a small business owner, it's a, it's a necessity to have your head, to be a generalist, mm -hmm. you know, to have a little bit of everything. I mean, if you, if, in, the, in actual fact, you usually have one, one gym owner and that guy's, or, or maybe a, par a partnership and they, they have to wear all the hats, you know? Mm -hmm. Got to be a coach, got to do marketing, got to do accounting, got to create something new, you know? Do so, cool content, yeah, and maybe you're really good at one of those things and shit at a bunch of others, but doesn't necessarily mean you can't learn. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And I guess like getting together with, like, say what uh, what you do with your community, your people, you like that community potentially becomes uh, maybe the creative aspect for an individual within that. So if you're like a, a business owner and you're like. You're doing the things, but you're a bit stuck for ideas and then they hang out with you once a week and get together with the group once a month or whatever it is. And then that's where they start to get uh, like fulfillment of an area that perhaps was a bit empty for them. That's right. Um, you know, Paul mentioned having a story, having to have a story for the things that are going on in the world around them. And, you know, we all, we all that's how we're living, right? We're living through story. And um, I remember the first... The, the first business that we opened was this running store. And it, the, our tagline was running shoes sold by runners. And that wasn't the story. The story was that we helped everyday runners become athletes and feel like an athlete. And we, we knew what their playlists were like. We knew kind of what was going through the head when they would hit the bottom of a certain hill and you know how they wanted to be motivated and crest the hill and keep running. Like we were so into the sport that we knew what this story was that they wanted to, that they were wanting to live out. And, you know, 10K down the road was Rebel Sport. Cheaper shoes, more options. Um, you could buy online, whatever. 
Uh, and at the time, the Aussie dollar was like 105. So you could buy the stuff from the States cheaper than we could get at wholesale. But the story of coming into our little store and having an athlete or a runner serve you for 45 minutes, help you put the shoes on, go outside and run. Oh, no, those shoes went right. Let's spend some more time together. Let's get find the right shoes to match your running style and then maybe talk about your upcoming race is the story that works for that business. And there's a business story that's co-created with those people. And so when you bring a group of business owners together or people who are starting to get into business, whether it's in you know different types of businesses and we're supportive in that, in that um, arena, that, that uh, community. And in this community, we put out content, we create a practice, we write, we do content marketing, we set up weekly meetings with our team, we learn to do difficult conversations. This kind of place, this is what we do, right? So now what we're doing is providing a new story and we're providing the story that they can adopt and bring into their own narrative. Just like the runners who used to go to Rebel and then came to ours, now they were part of our, our community. And so it's, it is story at a very deep level and that's what we're creating so that if you're in business, through this peer-to-peer -peer support, through the coaching, through the actual work, what we're really doing is um, giving people a place or an opportunity to power up their own story as a creator within the context of the new business. And through that, through that work and output, then of course you've got new relationships, you've got content marketing, you've got whatever else comes from it. But being surrounded by people, you know, like in, in your gym, like being surrounded when I walked in, I could see everyone as part of the story together. And it's beautiful when you see it because there's a there's a common language being used. People are there's a you know there's certain body language that's similar. You know, I saw you and JT walking down with the same shirts on. Like it's when you see the story being lived out together with people who believe in the same thing and have a similar worldview, uh, it's super powerful. What's the what's the 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 origin of all that, like the significance of storytelling within our culture and it being such a, such a kind of central thing to, to marketing, but to building a community, to connecting people, where does that all come from? So I think with story, we can really look at it three ways or three ways that we can talk about this. One is storytelling. Uh, Two is the story that we, the story in our heads, like what Paul mentioned earlier. And then three is the story that we create in the business and where we're going with the people. If we talk about storytelling, you know, maybe we think about people around a campfire or, you know, telling stories visually on rock walls or in different means or through the stars for the past centuries. And it's how we've conveyed meaning and, and passed down knowledge and information forever, right? Um, the, the second one, the, the narrative that we have, the story that we tell ourselves is really powerful because that's showing up in, in everything we do, how we sit together, how we run our business, whether we do or don't put out that content marketing that we were going to do, right? The fears, the, the, the grit, the way of thinking. Then the story of the business is the big one. And this is in marketing, everybody talks about storytelling. Uh, like, you know, put out content and tell stories like that's going to resonate with the people who are in the audience. And it does like people resonate with story structure. 
uh, it evokes emotion, it ramps up, you know, uh, cortisol and oxytocin, and it gets us on edge, kind of like in film, right? But it's the story that we're creating in the business. You know, I look at you guys, and there's like, you know, three friends from. I'm just, if I get this wrong, <laughs> but this is, this will be my perception of the story, right? Mm. Three friends who knew each other from high school, or around that time. Um, so you guys have known each other for probably 30 years. Uh, you know, from different parts of Sydney, different athletic backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, different, um, different, uh, potentially different schools. You came together, you were all in the film industry, right? And then you went, fuck, like, sorry, I shouldn't swear. You, you Please went, swear. You went, no, nah, look, we want to do, we want to, we want to go do our own thing. You know, you, like you said, Joey, carve your path. We want to go, we love training. We're going to set up a gym. And Paul's like, oh, I don't like normal fitness, so we can't just do a normal gym. We need to make a gym that's for people like us, right? And we like BJJ, we like kickboxing, we like strength training, we like um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and we like Arnie, and we like you know, hip-hop or whatever. So you know, you've shared this story, Joe. We're going to build this. And so when I see you as a gym, uh, it's not just a brick and mortar building, even with all, it's not the brick and mortar building, even with all those pictures up on the wall and the different kind of music. It's the story arc of three guys who have come together to build this business for people who maybe don't fit into other gyms or don't feel comfortable in other gyms, who don't want to be at another gym. This is their place. And so if I'm out there in the culture, I'm seeing myself as my main character in my journey. I wake up, oh, I'm going to get into some training. I'm going to get, you know, get, get into shape a little bit. My, the story in my head is looking for a match. And so I'm looking for something like, I'm looking for something a little different. I don't want to go to the normal place. And so this is where we get to the interesting stuff. It's like, all right, when we talk about marketing, we're really talking about meaning marketing and story. It's like, all right, what, what's the business story that these guys are doing? What are they creating? What's your arc that you guys are scribing into the culture in space and time right across the last five years into the next 15 years together now as part of the tribe i'm part of that arc in space and time i'm part of your imprint in the universe right that's the business story and then you're going to tell stories along the way in your content but that's not the thing the thing is this big thing that's come from all of your guys' diverse backgrounds coming together, the meetings you have, everything that's come behind you, arcing this thing into the future. And that's a unique business story. That's something that I wanna be a part of. And that could be a bakery, right? That could be a, 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 a could be a, um, you know, we were talking about road podcasting equipment and black magic, and we both said how cool it was that they were both Australian made story. Yeah. Who do you like better, uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Who? Oh. Oh, Musk. Musk. I need to. Okay. Yeah. What's the story? What's yeah, the story? A good story. Yeah. Yeah. Bezos is big business. Mm. We're completely against big business. Big business is destroying small business. Like I boycott Amazon. You know, they, they don't care. <laughs> but <laughs> it's my story, right? It's my story. And you're listening so, to this, Bezos. Yeah, if you yeah. take that as a warning. No, but oh, does it does that re like it's yeah. just that's yeah. we all, we've yes. all who's bought from Tesla? I actually used to. If you had asked me this two weeks ago, I would have been like Musk, but I just listened to a podcast about him that was a little bit revealing on some of his less 
positive attributes. Yeah, for sure. But I totally, yeah, I, I, I get, I feel you. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I don't know a hundred percent on the guy, but it's definitely like, who we, cares? We need a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> we need lots of them. Yeah. And we've got to open a jungle brothers on Mars. So we've all bought, <laughs> <laughs> we've all bought from Amazon though, right? Yeah. Okay. Have we bought from Tesla? No. I would. Can't afford to yet. Right. But we don't, how many people do we tell when we buy from Amazon? No one. Because <laughs> we don't want to be a part of the story. That's right. You feel like a piece yeah. of shit. Things get delivered yeah. to your house. It's a commodity. He won on convenience. Yeah. Tesla, we would be, we, we probably wouldn't try to gloat with it, but we'd be showing that ludicrous note to somebody. One post. Yeah. That's a, lot, Tesla. that's a lot of Ben Franklin's right there. <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> You see the video of, of uh, Elon when he, when he yes. um, received his first McLaren F1? No. It's a really awkward video on <laughs> yes. YouTube. Go watch it. Really? Elon, just type in Elon Musk. I think I showed you that video. You showed it to me originally. it's so funny. And I relived it because someone said to me, someone I was talking to was talking about creating a business and they're like, I want, like, I want people to look at me and my business and go, he's fucking cool. Like Elon Musk is cool. And I was like, oh, dude, he's not fucking cool. Let me show you this video. But there's a, there's a moment in the video. It's him receiving a McLaren F1 yeah. after he'd just sold um, his stake in, uh, in Zip yeah. and become a millionaire overnight. And he bought a, a multi-millionaire and he bought a McLaren F1. There's only like a handful of them you know, around the world. But he's like talking to the camera and he's like... <laughs> That's a lot of Ben Franklin's right there. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> you're <a bit laughs> cringe. 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 Yeah. But okay, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like we, the, those, because the story thing maybe can seem a bit abstract, but when you put it in that, it's like, oh no, we know the Amazon story. We know the Tesla story. Exactly. Like we're aware of these things on a subconscious level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was one of, one of the women who has taught me a lot around this. Her name's Bernadette Jiwa. And... She's an uh, author? She's an author. She's very good at storytelling. Um, she teaches it, right? And so I'm in one of her, uh, I guess, kind of marketing sort of mastermind things. And um, the idea is that story, like marketing can be, storytelling can be great marketing. And it's true. Like we, when we teach basic, very basic story structure for content creation, a lot of people go out and they'll do a story post and it'll blow up. It'll be like their most engaged post ever because they writ, wrote something that engages the brain. Like it's, it's ramping up cortisol, pay attention, and then uh, empathy brings oxytocin. And we read this story and then we engage with it. But she's like, storytelling can be great marketing, but the story itself is the marketing. The thing that you guys are creating is the mark. That is the story. It's a way bigger picture. Right, so you know, it changes that we we need to learn storytelling because it's part of marketing, and it always has been, and it always will be. But also, we need to get clear on the story that we're creating in the business, what we stand for, the values, right, the principles that are behind or helping us to drive this big arc through the future. I guess people are also looking looking for an arc that that inspires them as well you know uh, i know for myself a lot of the driver behind moving into this this next phase of our business is to is to stay one step ahead with our own development and our own uh, our own you know whether it's our business story or our own personal characters arc um to 
to continue to inspire the coaches that are coming through and, you know, uh, gym owners, you know, further down the track, um, having uh, this, this story leading in, in, a, in a certain direction, I think is also very important. Mm-hmm. So, and for people to be able to see that, okay, these guys are moving, uh, not just moving forward and, and growing bigger and, you know, creating something, it's moving in, in a certain direction. Um, it's been a really powerful tool for us to attract the, the right kind of people. You know? Yeah, there's, um, there's a couple of things come to mind. You, you guys remember, obviously, when we had the bushfires here. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this comedian, Celeste Barber, who's big on Instagram. Right? <laughs> she has six million people or something like that. And Aussie? Australian, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in Melbourne. And her husband's family lived on the south coast. And so the fires start raging. She's in Melbourne. The in-laws live in uh, somewhere in the South, Bega maybe, somewhere that was got, got pretty close, like the fires came right in. And Celeste gets on the Instagram stories right when everything's just burning up, like that fire was going the length of the country pretty much. So the whole, all of the public is watching this thing, right? She gets on Instagram stories and she's like 40 stories deep every day for like five days telling the story of her husband's family who were sitting there watching these flames come in. And she got us into their household mentally and emotionally. And then she started a fundraiser. So she's a comedian. Normally she does standalone posts, right? She's got a bit of trust, but she used this story arc of, hey, like this is what's going on. I'm gonna make a fundraising page. I think in five or nine days, it got to 45 million. And what it teaches us is that a couple of things. One is once we donated, we went from being up in the stands to down on the court with her. And I think you touched on something really important there, which is not only is it important that we keep creating this story that helps us to grow and the the coaches, but actually anyone who's involved wants more than anything to be out of the stands and feel like they're on the court with you and helping to co-create this arc as well because we're all creators, right? Even if I'm a customer at a certain cafe, but when they ask what I thought about the double espresso this day because it was a new single origin and I can tell that the guy's sitting there and really listening for my feedback because he cares, I walk out of there and I'm standing a little bit taller. I'm like, oh, the dude, he, he cared what I thought about his espresso, right? So I'm part of the story. May or may not be true, but it's what I tell myself. And so I think you're right. I think when we see something really cool like what you guys are doing, it's not just that you guys are creating this big story that's really cool towards sustainability, towards all of this awesome stuff. Um, but, you know, I can look around and see pictures of your members on the wall who are part of fundraising events behind me. I can see people who have come through the ranks become coaches. Um, I can see how everyone feels like they're on the court with you. And that's really cool because now uh, you're not just a, um, you know, um, a matriarchal kind of or patriarchal top-down group you're a peer-to-peer group that's helping to create more leaders who are coming through and everyone's part of this thing together. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, uh, the posters and stuff. I was just about to mention it. And it was, I guess it's bringing it, this idea down to the ground and out using our gym as a specific um, case study. 
But uh, well, like I found, we've always struggled uh, with um, things like, say, the fight night for us. And there's the poster where that's a community event. Um, and we, we're looking to support mental health awareness and education. And um, it's hard when you're in a small business and you dedicate time, energy and money to something that doesn't have a particular return like a product. Um, and it's hard to balance this in your finances and how you're managing the flow and energy of all your coaches because it takes up a lot of energy. We learn a lot from it. But I feel like uh, it, it's hard to fight for something like that to keep going sometimes when you don't see the monetary value. But like you said, I believe that there's members who join the gym or remain in the gym or are telling their friends about their gym. Someone meant, mentioned something about a mental health course, like my gym did this and raised that much money. And, and I guess that's because we did that and maybe they weren't in the event. But by being a, a customer here and part of the story, they're also on the court with us you know, fighting upstairs and, and, and running those courses for people. Um, so I, I see those, the, the valuable things to run, to keep that art going because we're fighting something that's bigger than just training mm -hmm. small business. But it's hard to balance that because of the time and energy balance, you know, and when something doesn't have a direct dollar value back, how do you balance that in your business? You know what I mean? It's mm, a great question. Mm. Um, I think the first thing would be, you know, Joey told me told me briefly how another uh, kind of gym had run a similar event at the same time. Was it the same night? Yeah, same weekend. Same weekend. So you you did a fundraiser that had a bunch of different fights, and they did a competition on the same weekend, and they're a way more higher level kind of um, professional fighting. Professional fighting, and you guys are. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use the word community gym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how they sold 20 tickets and you sold how many? 200 or 200. just under, yeah. Okay, so I think, I think that there's two sides. One, we need to be careful with the bottom line. It's profit first. The business needs to be able to sustain itself for us to continue to make change. Mm. We need to take responsibility for that. That's where the structures and processes come in. And we're constantly learning, right? But two is that other side, like you mentioned, the fact that Joey told me this other story as a spinoff, right, relative to this other gym, how many of your members know about that? About the other gym? Yeah, and the fact that they ran an event and you guys sold like 10 times. Probably more. none. Okay, I would but say. the other gym knows? Uh, maybe not. Okay. Uh, that, that we did an that event? You, yeah, that you did an event? Uh, probably not. Okay. So maybe not in this case, it could have not been the best example, but Joey told me about it. What I'm getting at is this thread runs way deeper and way further than we can ever imagine when you've got a clear story behind it. So when you keep showing up um, around the things that you stand for, around your core principles, yes, the business, of course, needs to survive and you're going to have to just be mindful of how to, how to do that. But you can never stop doing that in some capacity or another or else there's no story. Mm. And then we just go to, I mean, people throw stones at the big Globo gyms and I'm not usually a fan of doing that because they do have a story as well. But the story is like you can come in and train at 11 p.m. and, and run on the treadmill and that's cool. That's part of what we offer, right? They're more of a, a laggard sort of business for the, for the mass market. Um, but 
by and large, you guys, are, you, you got, your story is the business. And so you kind of need these things um, and it's what makes it so powerful. To make the story richer in a sense, rather, yeah. rather than just a simple exchange of, hey, you, you pay us and then you can use the facility kind of thing. Yeah, so like one of the questions could be, you know, like to, to come down and record a podcast with you guys, right? Like you drive, that's four hours of driving or something. All right, so I can sit there and go, should I go down to Sydney and record with the guys at Jungle Brothers who are great friends and have a great business? Should I, should I see if that's a gain or a, a, or a loss, right? Okay, then I get to go, okay, let's check in on the story, right? I want to help as many small business owners thrive in their business going full-time, whatever that means for them, might be two days a week, but it means all in. Like they're backing themselves to have a proper crack because you live once and this is a great adventure to go on. Help as many of them become creators for their vision as possible. As soon as I go back to that story and... Then we get to crushing, oh, well, should we go down and talk on a podcast which may reach a few people who are interested in small business? Of course, right? Like it, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. So the story informs my day-to-day, -day, right? If I can remember my story, am I going to sit there and, you know, um, scroll Facebook for four hours? Like I could, but if my story is strong enough and there's people rallying behind me, I'm going to be less inclined. It's going to inform where I want to go. So yes, the finances, of course, right? Like we have to be in, we're in business, we're mm -hmm. making money. And through that, we can make, create change. But I think, um, I think setting up with an understanding of what am I creating? Where, where am I going? Who's involved? Who's co-creating this future with me is really, really powerful to inform your day to day and help you, you know, you guys are doing all these really cool things, uh, the, the, the garden and you know, the fight space you made upstairs and these um, community events and charity events. And it's all part of this bigger picture, uh, which is why I've always looked up to you guys because you seem to just live this from the beginning, which a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have that. So, <clears throat> pardon me. You have, um, I'm guessing the, the kind of clientele that you, you deal with is someone who's probably hit a plateau or maybe they're just starting off in their business, someone that, that needs, needs help. Um, I'm guessing a few of these people just wouldn't know what their story is or maybe they don't, they don't have one yet or they, 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 they haven't tapped into their, their inner creator. What's your, what's your process when you, when, you, when you come into a space with a brand new uh, gym owner or business owner and, um, and you can see that they're, they're in a bit of trouble. Where do you start? It's mm, a great question. And it's interesting because two people come to mind that are on very opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, one guy's got a, like a thriving online coaching business and he's doing big numbers and he's a leader and he's kind of trying to help elevate his team. And then another woman is brand new. Like she doesn't have a business at all. She's got an idea. And... Um, a lot of times, you know, we like to focus on people making more money or people that think things that are moving the bottom line or that, that kind of businessy side of it. But I think it's kind of exactly, um, it's exactly the same. And, and what we do is we sit down together and, um, and we just start, we, we, we talk, we, we open up the conversation. So um, 
I, I want to know what's what's important to you guys. You know, I want to know what's important to this woman. And um, for her, you know, she was an educator in in TAFE, and um, she saw that a lot of the apprentices who come out of TAFE and go into salons who want to make this new career uh, as a hairdresser their life, and they want to help people to feel better about themselves through the work that they do when they're holding some scissors, right? And um, what she saw was that a lot of people come out of TAFE and they're lacking basic fundamental skills and they get into um, these situations in the salon where they're really afraid because they can't talk to the more senior people. There's not a safe space. And so when she started to tell me what she saw and tell me her story about where she came from, uh, I just asked her to describe for me one of these people that she saw, you know, and she talked about um, what we could call in business lingo like an ideal customer. But we talk about it from a, from, a, from a psychographic level, like, okay, tell me about this woman. So she tells me about Jane, right? And she talks about Jane's switch to TAFE, trying this thing as a, you know, she's a mature age student. And, um, you know, Jane's starting to cut hair, but lacking these fundamental skills and confidence. So she describes this, this situation and this transformation that she can help create with this ideal client. What we've done right there is we've answered two really powerful questions. Who is your work for and what is your work for? And that's the fundamental of the business, right? Like who are you, who are you going to help and how are you going to help them? And it can take some conversation to get that. But when we look at that and we go, okay, well, if we multiply this times 100 of these women, we can start to see the story arc. All of a sudden we've got a tribe of women and there's a Facebook group and there's a weekly newsletter that she's putting out and there's other collaborators barbers people coming in and there's workshops and there's an arc starting to appear in the next five years of the business story and she's just a co-creator she's just part of it because the client is the other part your guys' story arc can't exist without the client same with hers and you know the guy who's a lot further along you know more in a leadership position it's exactly the same thing you know, what's the big, who, who are you helping? What's the change that you're really making? Um, and connecting back with that, because when we connect with that, we can learn to raise the necessity and the passion for that. Then we can talk about innovation. Oh, you haven't, like, you haven't introduced anything new to the members in the last like 12 months? Cool. Let's do an innovation session. Let's transform your service or your offering a little bit. Let's look at your marketing. Like, are you getting your face out there? Like, how, like, are you inspiring the people who are following you? And we get to go that way, but we start with the, like, why are you in business? Or what's, what's either why are you there? What are you in business for? Or what's kind of tickling your sort of awareness around the idea of starting a business? Because if I come out and say, I want to be a personal trainer, and I stand on a big box and I yell that to the audience out there, they're just gonna, they're, they won't even hear that. Nobody cares about what I want. They care about how I can help that particular group. And this is where we start to get very nuanced with choosing our audience, you know, and you guys have a very particular audience and they feel totally at home here and they probably wouldn't step foot in a bunch of other places, right? A bunch of other gyms. There might be some overlap with a couple cool spots, but you know what I mean? Like there's a very clear clear group and so we start with the conversation nice 
take um take us to say the the practicalities of communicating in this way for a young business owner so you want to talk on social media you, you want to you know you, you might be listening to this and thinking okay i yeah i got i got my own kind of story going on um we we spoke earlier before the podcast about this imposter syndrome feeling that everyone experiences mm-hmm. that that feeling of like oh who am i to to talk about this on social who am i to put myself out there and that's really what holds most people back um talk on that a little bit on the on the the actual the nuts and bolts of it so if we look at communication we need to ask ourselves what really we're doing what is marketing right what what is this whole communication thing what is content creation because a lot of people get started and go, i need to open an instagram account for my business right like i'm on i've done my certificate i'm starting my business i better open a facebook page up but the north star is often backwards it's like we don't need to open a facebook page up so that people can find us we need to see how we can communicate with the people that we want to serve. Like the, the North Star has to flip instantly to the people, this particular group of people that we want to serve. And so when we talk about marketing, really what we're doing is making the shift from being a consumer of the culture and of the media to a producer or a creator of the culture. Remember, because we're creating a change. So, okay, cool. We've come to an agreement that we're going to do marketing because now we're going to try to make this change with this group. Now we get to communicating, all right? So to make a change happen, I've got to say something or I've got to give some form of a signal to create a change or else it's just a blank wall. Cool. So I've got to consistently communicate something to these people, right? Is this important to make a change? This is the thing, right? It is the only way that I'm, anyone's going to get any value or any, not any, even any idea that I'm here, but any, any um, trust, any, any change, any evolution in their own journey, which is the whole purpose. And so if we start it that way versus from self-importance, then we've got a chance, Right, because most of the time we start things and we're putting something out, and it's like, how did that go? Did I get engagement? I've just started. What they put something out, and I wanted to put something out, and they're better than me, so therefore. But that's all rooted in, in my my how how good I am and the importance of my own self, right? And so it's um, debilitating, and that's that's like that, that. There we go. That's imposter syndrome. We all feel that I'm not good enough. I'm not you know, um, ready to do this. I, I need more certifications, I need more stuff. Um, and so it's everything we, we create a practice is what we do. I set people up quite often. Um, I mean, the, the kind of the practical steps that have worked well is pick, pick, pick one way to communicate to start with, you know, pick one online and choose it. Like might be you like to write emails or you like to talk, pick a podcast or create an email thing. Um, you know, this woman who just started, her, her thing was a weekly email, which I love right now because uh, social media is a, you know, it's a rocky sort of spot to, to hinge your whole business on. So you want to be building kind of an audience that you own the, the rights to communicate with. So she went out, she had no audience. She goes out and um, 
she writes, writes through text messages like three days. I, I was so excited to get it. And she's like, oh, I put a post on the hairdresser Facebook page and I've got 200 people want to hear from me. <laughs> and was just excited. And I was like, this is so good. This is the beginning, right? And so then she started to write the emails. But it's, um, you know, pick a channel and then create a, create a practice around putting something out to those people can tell some stories, can give education, can give some context to build trust over time. Um, but it's really the relationship between you and that one little group of people, which when we say little, you know, obviously it grows, but. When you say practice, you're kind of talking like a, like a, like a habit, make it a consistent thing that you do regularly. That's, that's the idea of a practice. Yeah, so if we flip around, um, and again, you know, we'll keep flipping ourselves into the shoes of the customer. We know that two things play into trust. One is frequency and one is consistency. So for you to trust me, I need to be consistent uh, and I need to be frequent, right? And they know this in advertising, it'll be nine, 11 times you need to, to you know, to retarget or to touch the person before they you know, click, click through or buy or whatever. Uh, but we, we need to show up regularly and often. And um, so once we have that set of constraints, I go, okay, well, trust is the driver for a transaction, for a sale. We need to build trust. We need to communicate consistently. We need to communicate um, with high frequency. So not consistent as in once a month, but like, every day right or a couple times a week we need to be there show up and so yes that's the that's the concept of the practice obviously this is a term um stolen directly from a guy who i steal almost everything from which is seth godin and he wrote the book on the practice and his biggest influence for me was tricking me into that end of 2017 to start that daily blog december 12 2017 and um that changed my life. And so it wasn't changing my life because a lot of people read it. It was changing my life because it taught me to put stuff out regularly and that if someone doesn't like it, you're not going to die. You know, you can keep going. And then when you keep going, all of a sudden you turn around a year later and people are like, oh, like I've been, I've been reading this and I love what you say about this. And you've been speaking to that core group for a while. That daily blog, just as a, as a consumer of it, I don't read it every day, but I remember when you started writing it and you told me, man, I'm putting a blog out. I'm going to write one every day. And I thought, fuck, man, how are you going to do that? Like that's, that just seems so challenging, you know, to come up with something. And I can genuinely say that every time I read it, it's, it's very short, but it's so insightful. And I'm like, what an interesting observation. I'm glad I invested the 45 seconds it took me to read that. So it's cool to see what that's become for you and, and that it's, um, yeah, that's something that, that from the outside seemed like a real challenge. It doesn't seem like a challenge when I, when I see you doing it now and I hear you talk about it. Mm, I appreciate that. I think, I think it is that shift of, there's two things. One is uh, the skill of being okay with putting things out to the world, right? Because that's what we're talking about. The story arc of our business is putting, uh, putting our neck out there to the world. Hey, we're going to build this gym. Hey, we're going to do this thing. Do you guys want to come? Like, that's kind of scary, right? So it's one tiny little way of practicing that and being okay with, with putting things out. Uh, and then 
The other is what Paul touched on earlier, which is the story we tell ourselves in our head. So two months after writing this little blog for like probably 10 people and my mom and my sister at the time or whatever it was when I started, uh, I, I say, well, I'm, I'm writing each day. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, you tell yourself this thing because mm. it's all a story and we can change that story. So now I'm a writer and I write other stuff because that's what a writer does. Last year I got to help produce a film and I get to write long form stuff. And then I, you know, I've, I've, I tell myself I'm good at copywriting. It's not true. It's my story. And that story, the ability to change that story, you know, is through the practice of putting the stuff out. We, we need a way for, for a lot of us, we need tricks or practices or ways to teach us that we can change that story in our head very quickly. And the blog gives you proof that um, the new story is true. So like before you open the gym, you're not a gym owner, right? You, you, you're on the way, but you're not there yet because the gym's not open. Then you open it and you go through the door and the gear's kind of set up, but it's not set up yet. You, no clients yet. You're still kind of not really, you're sort of a gym owner, but not yet. Then the things open and then clients walk through the door. The story in your head just flipped and now you're gym owners and people are like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I own the gym around the corner. So your narrative flipped. And so you, it flipped because the proof of your everyday reality helped you to see a new narrative. So if you're not telling yourself a story that's really helpful for your business, we just create a practice to help you to, to become a creator. Because guess what? Creators are good at marketing and marketing is really helpful for small business. So we just help to create practices and support each other to build new narratives. And so people, the, the coolest thing is when I see someone who, you know, maybe they, they did the program a while ago or whatever, and now they're creating a workshop with someone and teaching people how to like do video, how to write or something like that, which was never part of their deal. But when you see them do it, you go, oh, you can see that it's part of their new narrative. And then they're teaching other people and they see themselves as this new person, right? It's more, and it's more helpful for them. What if you, like, and I understand the, the paralysis before you put something out. And, and I think we all know that <coughs> there's people out there that probably shouldn't be expressing their, their, you know, their full opinion on something, perhaps. How do you, because you can, you can do more damage to yourself than good if, you, if, you're, if you're promoting the wrong, the wrong message. Do you, when you're working with these uh, small businesses, do you look at, do you just give them the tools to get out there and express themselves or are you breaking down what the message is that they're sending? Is there any, ever a point where you're like, you know what, like what you're wanting to talk about and release is potentially more harmful than good? It's almost like you're giving somebody these tools mm. uh, and, and, then, and then you're kind of leaving it up to them to create something and, Mm. There's a chance there that what they create might be detrimental to them and their business, mm. potentially. Yeah, one of the one of the um, you know we've all we've all been given the opportunity now to put stuff out there to the world, and like you said, potentially there's some downside to it as well. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that you know, here we could go sideways into brand marketing, but basically I, I guess whatever I put out or whatever story that I'm creating, 
seems to have attracted people who have good intent. And so we, we all could make a mistake. The question that I look at is, um, what is our intent here? And do we have solid intent? Does it seem to, to match like a, a reasonable view of reality of creating positive change with this marketing or communication? Uh, and if not, I, I, haven't, I haven't attracted them yet as a, as a person that I'm working with. I'm sure the day will come where they want to, you know, sell whatever and it's not something that I'm into. Um, but yeah, I look at intent and, um, and that's, that's pretty much it. And that's almost like a screening process in, in itself, isn't it? I mean, I'm guessing you, yeah. you know, have to look at a product. and uh, I mean, it's the same with us. We attract a certain – it's very rare we that get someone get a values. that doesn't that, – that shouldn't be training here. It happens every now and then someone will walk past and have a look in and you just know by looking at them they don't, they don't belong in this gym. Yeah, they don't come <laughs> any further than that initial chat, no. do they? Well, th that's where you've – I mean, you've nailed it, right? Because you talk about marketing as – uh, an, an attractor, like so, so to create conversations with potential people you might want to work with or might want to join your, your your journey. But also, it's if done well, it's also doing exactly what you said, and it's also um, vetted the people who you don't want to work it's a filter. with. Filter, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. So through the more I show up, the more I tell my story, and the more I you know, do podcasts and do the blog and create content and basically communicate, the more that people who aren't in alignment just won't want anything to do with what I do, which is great. With the, with people that you see who are in a position where they should be communicating and they're not taking advantage of that, um, you mentioned before, you know, pick a channel and, and sort of go and start doing it and the, the trust, consistency, frequency thing. Um, what do you see as the major hurdle for folks? Do you see the, is it, is it the lack of their, is it like a lack of story? Like people aren't aware enough of what it is they, they, they has been their real experience and that they can pass on to others? Or is it a, um, is it a lack of confidence in their ability to do it? Or is it just kind of, you know, whatever, laziness or... or um, uh, a resistance to doing that sort of work, you know, posting on Instagram every day or writing a blog once a week. If we assume that they're aware of the importance, right? So they're on board with, okay, this is something that I want to do. Um, then I think the biggest thing is the perceived if it, this, the state that it evokes when we do something new, this exposure, we're exposing ourselves to the world. To create something's got three levels, right? First, to get like, I've got to sit down, I've got an idea. So that took a certain amount of energy. I'm looking at, say, I want to do it, say I want to develop a new class with you guys, right? And I go and I watch everyone out there and I, and I see and I get an idea. I use empathy, listening, um, seeing, right? certain level of energy level two of energy is organizing you guys okay let's have a meeting i want to talk about this new thing i'm going to put the content out and talk about the new class let's get the this is the date it's going to go out right starting to bring it into reality and then rolling other people right takes more energy right it's hot like it's hurt for another step 
level three of the, the creating is to push it out to the world, to actually release it to the world. That's where I'm exposed, right? So when we talk about content, you get to level three very quickly. It's like you're putting yourself out there to be exposed and that evokes a state of, of freeze or fear or, um, or lock up or, uh, or um, tension in the body, you know, that stops us from moving forward. It takes so much energy when we're new to that to go, to go through those three levels and put the thing out there that we're, we're sapped with energy and we get anxious and we get tired and we look for any form of resistance to not do it. And our reasons are then, so, so our narrative is driven by fear, then the reasons become, oh, I didn't know what to say, or I didn't, couldn't find a story. I could, those things are the reasons we use to support the state or the actual narrative. So what we can do is we can go back and we can, um, sometimes we'll set up this thing that's very simple but really helpful, and it's called uh, My First 10, right? And you might be further along the lines with your content or your marketing, but my first 10 is like, okay, do we know roughly who we're going to talk to? Yep, cool, these sorts of people, great. Do we know kind of what we're going to help them with? Yep, getting healthy or whatever it is, getting a little bit stronger. Cool. All right, my first 10, I'm going to go and I'm going to outline the next 10 posts, the next 10 pieces of content. I'm going to use structure to reduce the amount of energy, mm. right? Now, this, we don't want to do this all the time because it takes away from some of that creative um, or, or it takes a little bit away from it because we're pre-setting it up. Starts to get a bit, me a bit uh, mechanical. mechanical. Yeah, mm. but, but structure is very powerful to support energy, right, in business. So we set up structures, weekly meetings, these things, because it brings order to something that could be totally chaotic, right? So we set up structure with our content in my first 10, and I rotate through three types of content. Uh, tell a story, um, give us some context, is number two, so that's like behind the scenes, so here's, we could talk about how we're sitting here together at the podcast, that's context, that builds trust with the audience, and number three, education or entertainment, right, so like, number three, everyone loves, especially in the fitness world, is like, all right, I'm going to teach the hip hinge, or I'm going to teach the pull up, or I'm going to teach how not, five tips not to do this, or how to do your New Year's, New Year's goals, or whatever, Everyone does that one, cool. You're only going to have three of those in that first 10. The other ones, you're going to have um, storytelling and you're going to have contextual. And if you think about how we communicate as humans, since I walked in here and saw you guys, like, first two people I saw were Joey and JT. I was like, how are you going? What's happening? They gave me some story and some context around what they were doing. And then Joe showed me like how to check into the building thing with my phone. That was education. We communicate through these three. So all we're doing is setting those up and going, okay, my first 10 is going to be a rotation between storytelling, contextual, uh, a little bit of context or behind the scenes of my training or my work, and then, um, and then education. And if you're a real funny person, maybe you do some entertainment or whatever, which I'm not, but... So we just rotate the through the three and um, that gives us nine and then you do, you just do one more. And then sometimes we've had people do two lots of my first 10 and then all of a sudden they, they, okay, then, then they, then they message and they go, Oh, look, I, and I did, I did this other one and I came up with this other idea and I did this. And 
what we did is we used structure to reduce the amount of energy required in that creative process to create a practice because we said we're going to put these out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so by the end of the month, they've hit my first 10 three times. Now the state changes because they realize they didn't die. Once they realize they didn't die, then the state drops and we relax. Then you get to be creative and then you get to play with it. It's like, you know, learning the handstand. You're not going to play with shapes when you're still on the wall because you're too tense and you can't balance. You get out in the middle and you get the balance and then you can start to play with the shapes. All that's happened is you, you know, got the skill, but you've also relaxed a little bit too. And so we're looking in sales, in marketing, in content creation, in service delivery. If we're super tense, like if our state, and this is kind of gets back to that breathing thing, to be able to notice our own state, we're A, not going to attract the people we want to serve. We're not that magnetic, you know what I mean, in our, in our communication. Uh, when we are serving someone on the floor or in a call or whatever it is, they pick that state up as well. So it's a little bit tense. Uh, so they're less inclined to tell other people about the service. And then finally, when we go into our marketing, it feels locked up, you know, and this is, um, this is the difference where a lot of the, you know, business coaching or a lot of these things, you can get content planners, my 90 day planner and all these things. Cool. But are we really linking it back to become the creator? Because that's what we're looking for is the freedom to, communicate with the people we serve in a way that resonates with them not follow um follow, follow the plan exactly follow the script. yeah you can see it you can see it and you can feel it and mm. it's we've all been there writing those daily blogs like some of them i was up to 11 at night struggling to get something out you know but you have to go through that um you write and, it the day before you send it well, back then, man, I was, it was just Get whatever. You, yeah. Um, now I, now I tend to write them the morning of. Yeah. 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 So we use tools. We use structure to help support that, those first few steps. Um, but the, when we zoom out, very much the overarching thing is we're building people. We want to help people become producers to the culture, um, not consumers. And that gap is marketing, right, and leadership. And, um, you know, what you guys are doing, like looking at some of the stuff on your vision, very much producing to the culture, going, you're on the, the offense. You're going forward with the culture. Some things might not work. That's okay. It didn't mean you stop. You just try again, shift and go hard in another way, go in another way, constantly moving forward. And so that's, that's our goal. That's where we want to get to. Very cool. Very cool. Johnny, we're going to wrap it there. Cool. Could you, um, could you tell folks where they could get in touch with you and kind of anything you want to plug? Uh, probably you can head to my website, johntmarsh.com, and I'm on Instagram, at johntmarsh. Not on Facebook. lost my Facebook last year. Ah. Yeah. As in got rid of it? Uh, no, I lost it. I got a like a... I think it got hacked and then I never, and then I tried to get it back. Couldn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fortunate. Unfortunate. No. Well, unfortunate. Yeah, for, yeah, great. Good yeah. riddance. Good riddance. But kind of on the way out, it feels in terms of marketing engagement and whatnot. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 
going out on a limb here, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not in Australia in a few years. Well, they fucked weird. up yesterday, didn't they? Well, there's some stuff going mm. on. Like, yeah, you got to be. You got if you're if you're. I think you want to. I think you want to get. It, I think you want to get your email going consistently and just become good at that, and then have these other platforms as well. But um, yeah, some of these platforms you got to be mindful. Don't mm. have all your eggs in one basket. Correct. Yeah, you can always and use the, you can use the other ones. Um, but yeah, every. I mean, I've seen. I've had clients lose, uh, you know, 8,000 followers on Instagram, like lose, lose stuff instantly for no reason. Um, so you just want to be aware of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's real that thing, isn't it? You see people who have built incredibly big assets on a particular platform and it, it, there are those horror stories where it does just disappear. Mm. You get kicked off or you lose it or it gets hacked. Yeah, uh, Instagram's a bit, but yeah, Instagram will e- just email me directly um we have a very cool uh new project that's kicking off in the next month or so uh which people which i think is going to solve a specific uh problem and and be a a very cool um place for people to get help in these areas in a way that's um fun sustainable and uh, makes sense the business coaching world's got a lot of hype in it um and a lot of stuff that's just you know, not really long-term options for people. So, um, yeah, that'll be out in a couple of, couple of months, next month, I think. Man, I look forward to that. I love all the stuff that I see you putting out there. You are carving your own path in that realm, and it's, um, it's been very cool to watch the journey and to, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Thank you so much for having me. It's always cool to see everything you guys are doing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, Great it's nice. Combo. It lights yeah. me up. Nice to get the outside eyes and we appreciate the compliments. Yeah. Thank you. Guys, thanks for listening to that. Um, If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend, take a screenshot of it, post on your Instagram. Helps to support the show. Also helps to get, you know, John's message out there and it just, um, it's good quality information and it should be in more people's hands. Uh, Big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Pandavore Cafe in Pagewood. We were drinking their coffee today. I didn't shout them out at the beginning. Um, As always, if you need any help with your training, you can get us at junglebrothersmovement.com and if you want to know more about our upcoming internship which there is one kicking off sometime in april um, just get us through the website or you can get at us on instagram if you if that's where you prefer to play at jungle brothers movement um, heaps of good stuff going on a lot to talk about so um, anything of what we do if it resonates with you get in touch and uh, let's get connected thanks guys thanks johnny we'll see you all next week cheers